Apple is at it again. It's set yet another event for next Tuesday. So what are we expecting? I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is Stephen Shanklin, our expert on all things cutting edge. Welcome, Stephen. Howdy, howdy. So it's Apple's final event, we think. The wide belief is it'll unveil those Apple Silicon-based Macs, the ones it teased back at WWDC in June. Now, most consumers aren't going to care about this, uh, the fact that there's a different processor powering these Macs, but it is a big deal. Uh, so, Shank, can you, can you kind of break down why this is a big deal and why they're doing this? Yeah, so there are two big categories of reason. One is that it's good for Apple, and one is that it's potentially good for consumers. So, when Apple does its own processor designs, it controls what features are in there, what features are not in there. It controls when the chips come out, it controls the overall system design, things that are uh, maybe something you might not think you care about, you actually do, like power consumption. So there are a lot of things that Apple gets in its control. It's been using uh, Intel chips now for uh, a decade and a half, and it's been kind of burned by Intel recently. Intel had a lot of trouble keeping up with manufacturing challenges. So a lot of Macs today are about as fast as Macs two or four years ago. So that's been a problem for Apple. So Apple gets a lot of control over the hardware, which is really important for a company like Apple. You'll notice when you buy a Mac, there's no Intel inside sticker on there. Apple wants to own the relationship with the customer. It does not want Intel owning that relationship. So this puts Apple in the driver's seat. So, I mean, this on surface level, this feels like a very wonky topic to, to care about, but can you kind of help explain to consumers why they should care about this switch? Because it is a big deal. It's a, a fundamental change in how these Macs will work. But really for a consumer from a from service level, again, they're, they're not really seeing it. It's not like they see this chip. So why should they care about this? Right. And a lot of people don't know, don't care what processor is running in there. So I suspect a lot of consumers will continue not to care. But here's what they could care about. Battery life. A lot of ARM processors are designed with high efficiency in mind. And what that translates to is you can run your laptop all day or maybe, maybe even longer without having to plug it in. That's really important to a lot of people. And another interesting thing that people might care about is features, things that the chip can do that an Intel chip can't do. For example, Apple has invested very heavily in its iPhones and iPads in AI circuitry. So this is stuff that can accelerate machine learning things. You'll notice the new version of Photoshop has a whole bunch of machine learning accelerated filters and features and things you can do with editing. So something like that could go dramatically faster with Apple-specific circuitry. So there actually are a lot of reasons, but I think the headline reason is power consumption, better battery life. Got it. And going to this event, are, what are some of the questions you have or you're hoping to get answered by Apple? So the biggest question I have right now is, how powerful are these processors going to be? We know that ARM chips can be very efficient, which means they get a lot of bang for the buck in terms of processing power for, per battery life. But what we don't know is whether Apple is going to make a really beefy, big version of this chip that can run in a MacBook Pro or in a much more powerful machine like a big iMac or a big uh, Mac Pro. So the, the more powerful these chips are, the faster Apple is going to be able to switch off of Intel and switch onto its own ARM processors. Got it. And there's been a lot of talk about you know moving Mac to the same processor platform as an iPhone, really for years. So so why why now? Like why did it take so long? And and what's significant about this happening now? 
it takes a long time because it's really hard to make this profound a change to a computer system. You have to change not just the processor, but all the lower level electronics and all the software that runs on it. That's Mac OS, all the stuff that Apple ships with Mac OS, and it's the developer tools that everybody has to use. Adobe, uh, Microsoft, any number of you know thousands of third-party software developers. Everything has to change in this ecosystem. It takes a long time to design and to build these processors. Apple has been working on these uh, designs for iPhones and iPads for several years. It's built up a very strong processor development team. It's got a very strong manufacturing partner in TSMC, but it still takes a really long time to figure out how to build all this technology. So it's not a switch you make uh, lightly. It really changes everything about the ecosystem. So, you know, with the iPhone, iPad, and Macs all running on the same processor type, do you see tighter integration between iOS, iPadOS, and macOS? It's possible. There definitely are going to be some little uh, tidbits that are kind of nice, like being able to run iPhone software on your Mac. That could potentially increase the number of apps you can run on your Mac. It could make things more interesting for developers because there are a lot of iPadOS uh, and iOS developers out there who might now think, oh, I'll make something special for the Mac. But fundamentally, the user interface is so different between an iPad and an iPhone, which are very touch first versus an, a Mac, which is keyboard and mouse first, that I'm not really expecting that to be a huge deal. So I think there could be some synergy. Potentially in the long run, over the next you know five years or something like that, these platforms could get, get a lot closer. And if Apple wants to go that route, then this could be a very important step in that direction. For now, I expect Macs to be keypad and mouse and iPads and iPhones to be touch first. So I think there's going to be kind of a, a different philosophy that will still persist with those two families. But if Apple wants to make them converge, this is going to make that much easier. Got it. And PCs have run ARM-based processors for a couple of years now with very mixed success, right? Like I've talked to Dan Ackerman about this and he's, you know, he was very... Um, pessimistic about the so the, the current prospects of them, but he knows that they're getting better. What does Apple need to figure out to win you over with an ARM-based processor? The first ARM-based PCs we saw, the first ARM-based Windows machines used processors from Qualcomm. And in order to stand out, Qualcomm really pushed this idea of super long battery life. It's the way to get ahead versus an Intel or an AMD-based laptop. And that's, that's nice. And a lot of PC makers built those products and they slotted in you know, one of their 10 or 15 or 20 different designs that they sell. And they just didn't have particularly compelling performance. What's going to be really interesting about Apple is they're going whole hog. So they're not just going to have one little niche product, a little skinny MacBook Air. They're going to move the whole Mac line to these processors eventually. So I think the most interesting thing that we're going to see here is performance. If Apple can wring a lot more processing power out of its own ARM-based chips than we've seen from the current Qualcomm-based systems while maintaining good battery life, that's really what's going to be key to these machines. In terms of, you know, Apple always likes to, they, they always have like some sort of secret sauce or they add some some feature, they go, wow, that, that totally makes sense. I mean, is there anything you're looking for from Apple that might take advantage of uh, this special architecture? Uh, that's based on ARM? There is this idea that they could increase the uh, linkages between iPad OS, iPhones, and iPads and Macs. I'm a little bit skeptical, as you might have 
guessed from my earlier comments that that's going to be a huge win. But Apple could push that and potentially push that in some interesting directions. And they certainly could make it stand out compared to Windows machines because Apple has you know immense power with iPhones out there. There are millions of those things out there. And that's something that Microsoft simply does not have with Windows. So there could be some interesting new direction there. We'll have to see. I don't think that that's going to be the biggest uh, aspect of these machines, though. I think the biggest part of this is going to be basic blocking and tackling, uh, how much performance you're going to get out of it, how much battery life you're going to get out of it. And uh, just lastly, any other wild cards you expect from this event? Oh, well, there could be any number of interesting things. I think this is Apple's probably mostly going to focus on these Macs, and they're going to want to keep it clean and simple and focused. So I'm not expecting things to be coming out of the blue, like AirTags, but you know, they could do something interesting. They could do this new version of MagSafe that they have uh, for charging iPhones. Maybe they could do something like that with uh, their new Air model laptops where they have something you can plop your laptop down on a pad and it charges there, or maybe your magic mouse. Who knows? There could be some interesting accessory plays, I think, here for Apple. But uh, I don't think we're going to see them walking very far off the beaten track here. This is going to be a Mac event. Gotcha. And obviously ARM chips, when you think about ARM, at least if you're a nerd like me, when you think about ARM, you think about the integration with cellular capabilities. So you think it's a little too premature to speculate on whether or not we'll get you know 4G or 5G connectivity in one of these things? Because that, that seems like that would be a, sort of an ultimate goal of getting some of this stuff synced up into a MacBook. It's an interesting idea. There have been a lot of Windows laptop makers who have tried that, but the products have been uh, not mainstream. They've been sort of uh, focused at very, you know, road warriors, business people who are constantly traveling, things like that. It does add expense and it adds another data plan that people are often reluctant to pay for. So I don't think for now it's going to be a top priority. But in the long run, you know, look, we all need to be connected to the internet all the time. I think it's possible and certainly moving to ARM processors, the same type that's in the iPhone and the iPad, that becomes easier if Apple wants to go that route. I don't think it's going to happen for a couple of years at least. Okay. Well, thanks for your time, Shank. You can check out all of our Apple coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or send me a text message by signing up at 646-461-4291. Also, please subscribe and rate the show. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.